As we prepare our hearts for the Lord's Supper tonight, if you have a Bible with you, I would like you to turn to 2 Corinthians chapter 13 and verse 5. 2 Corinthians 13 and verse 5. But before we get there, before we focus on that tonight, I want to share something with you that will lead us into the devotion tonight. Last Sunday morning, not this morning, but last Sunday morning on the 31st, I shared with you that it is possible to be in the church, to be, the mem to be a member of the church and not be saved. And that is one of the ways that false teachers infiltrate into the church or they know the right words to say. They know the Christian lingo, if you will. They know the kinds of things they're supposed to do, but there's never been genuine regeneration, genuine rebirth in their hearts, in their spirits, in their souls. And I shared with you that it is possible to go on a Christian missions trip and not be saved. It is possible to be a deacon and not be saved. It is possible to be a Sunday school teacher and not be saved. And I shared with you, yes, it is possible to be a pastor. It is possible to be a pastor and not have a changed nature, not be born again. Earlier in July, on the 10th of July, in that morning service, I shared with you a very sobering report that there are pastors in both liberal and conservative denominations, and their full identities were kept secret to protect them, but there are pastors who come to a point in their ministries where they begin to doubt or fully deny the essential truths of the Christian faith but remain in the ministry because they need the job. They need the money. They don't know what else to do. And I shared this passage with you. It's not going to be on the screen. You can just listen as I read it. Most of you are very familiar with it. And I said it is one of, one of the scariest passages in all of the Bible. Matthew 7, verses 22 and 23, Jesus said this. On that day, many will say to me, Lord, Lord, did we not prophesy in your name and cast out demons in your name and do many mighty works in your name and then I will declare to them, I never knew you. Depart from me, you workers of lawlessness. And as I shared that with you, I pointed out that something stood out to me. It's amazing how many times you can read a passage and then it, every time you read it, something new comes out. And Jesus said on that day, many will say to me. He didn't say a few will say to me. 
He didn't say, well, there'll be a small number of people who will say to me. He says, on that day, many will say to me, Lord, Lord. Lord. They will call him Lord, and they will say, didn't we prophesy in your name? Didn't we cast out demons in your name? I mean, that's pretty spectacular. Didn't we do many mighty works in your name? And he will say to them, I never knew you. Well, with that in mind, let us look at 2 Corinthians 13.5. I want to build up to it by reading the first four verses. Some in the Corinthian church were questioning Paul's credentials. They were wondering if he was really a genuine apostle. And so he addresses that with them. He says, this is the third time I am coming to you. Every charge must be established by the evidence of two or three witnesses. I warn those who sinned before and all the others, and I warn them now while absent, as I did when present on my second visit, that if I come again, I will not spare them. Since you seek proof that Christ is speaking in me, he is not weak in dealing with you, but is powerful among you. For he was crucified in weakness, but lives by the power of God. For we also are weak in him. But in dealing with you, we will live with him by the power of God. And here's our key verse for communion tonight. Examine yourselves to see whether you are in the faith. Test yourselves. Or do you not realize this about yourselves, that Jesus Christ is in you unless, unless indeed you fail to meet the test? Examine yourselves to see whether you are in the faith. Test yourselves. Our first point tonight is the Corinthian church. The Corinthians prompted by the evil insinuations of certain false apostles demanded proof of Paul's apostleship. They had taken this arrogant position. Paul, are you really of God? Are you really one of the apostles? And Paul reluctantly defended himself, not for his own sake. He did it for the Lord's sake, and he did it for the sake of the Corinthians so that they would not be cut off from the truth that he preached to them. But in this passage, he turns the tables on his accusers and challenges them to test and examine themselves. You want to examine me, Paul says? You need to examine yourselves. John MacArthur writes this. He says, instead of arrogantly and foolishly challenging the genuineness of Paul's relationship to the Lord, the Corinthians needed to examine the genuineness of their own salvation. The New Testament terms examine and test are used in this passage as synonyms. They convey the idea of putting something to the test to determine whether or not it is pure, whether or not it is genuine. And the test was to see if the Corinthians were in the faith. Examine yourselves to see whether you are in the faith. Test yourselves. 
Or do you not realize this about yourselves, that Christ Jesus is in you, unless, 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 indeed you fail, unless you fail to meet the test. When he says, examine yourselves to see whether you are in the faith, it doesn't mean it, not whether you're, not you have faith per se, but rather whether or not you are in the Christian faith, whether or not you are have been a recipient of genuine salvation, whether or not you have been transformed by the gospel message. In other words, he is saying, are you born again? He says, I want you to examine yourselves and to ask yourselves, are you born again? Are you sure? Are you sure that you've trusted Christ as your Savior? You see, you can be intellectually convinced of the truth of the gospel and yet remain unconverted. You have probably heard this before. But the longest journey in life is 18 inches. It is the 18 inches from your mind to your heart. It is one thing to know about Jesus. It is one thing to know about the gospel. But has there ever been a point in your life that you can testify about that you've repented of your sin and placed your faith and trust in Jesus Christ alone and what he has accomplished in his death and resurrection. In that alone, not trusting at all in anything you've done, not in tr trusting at all in your efforts to be a good person. Let it be a sobering thought to all of us tonight it is possible to be in the church but not in Christ. It is possible to be in the church, but not in Christ. And so our second point tonight is examine yourself. From time to time, every church and every church member needs to carefully think about 2 Corinthians 13.5. Examine yourselves to see whether you are in the faith. Test yourself. And my challenge to all of us, and I'm going to put myself at the top of the list tonight, is not think of somebody else. Well, it's a good message for somebody else. It's a good message for me. Let all of us genuinely examine our hearts, not just tonight, but when we go home, let us make sure of the most important decision that you will ever make in your entire existence, and that is, am I truly saved? Am I truly born again? It may be that you've made a profession of faith at some point in your life, but you have serious doubts about your salvation. As I have shared with you on many occasions, don't let that go. If you're here tonight and you're not sure, make sure. There is nothing more important. There is nothing out there Nothing out there more important to you than making sure that you are genuinely saved, that you have repented of your sin, that there has been a time in your life where you've experienced genuine repentance and you've invited Jesus Christ to come into your life and to be your Lord and Savior. It may be that you attend a church on a regular basis, but you've never made a profession of faith. 
It is possible for a person to be in a church just like ours. And you can name the greatest churches in the world, the greatest Bible teaching churches in our own country. And it is possible to have people there who go through all the motions but are not a new creation in Christ. It is possible to go to Sunday school, to be an Awana worker, to be here on a regular basis. But if someone were to say to you, can you share with me when you came to know Christ as Savior? You hesitate. You're not sure what to say. Maybe you're not even sure what they're asking you. I believe the Lord's Supper was divinely instituted so that we could reflect on issues just like this one. It may be that you're confident of your salvation tonight, but you're not living for the Lord as you know you should. That there are troubled waters deep within your soul tonight because of the way that you're living right now. This is a wonderful time of self-examination, a wonderful time to open up your heart and mind in confession to the Lord as we as you privately sit before the Lord. In 1 Corinthians 11:28, Paul says this, a man ought to examine himself before he eats of the bread and drinks the cup. A man, a woman ought to examine himself before he eats of the bread and drinks of the cup. May God help me tonight to examine myself. May God help you tonight to examine yourself before the Lord. Is your salvation genuine? Do you know for sure beyond a shadow of a doubt that you are born again? Tonight as you meet with us, are you living for the Lord as you know you should? Are, or are there some things in your life that need to be dealt with before the Lord? What we're going to do with is this. Danielle is going to come. She's going to minister in music. And then right after she's done, we will share the Lord's Supper together.